welcome to the Australian Cycling Insider podcast with Jamie Finch-Penninger. I am very lucky to be joined today by Sarah Gigante of TIPCO Silicon Valley Bank, the national rating time trial champion and lovely person to boot. Hi, Sarah. How are you, how are you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, always a pleasure. And uh, uh, from the Ben Long, oh no, not Ben Long Swiss Wellness, you guys are Team Bridge Lane these days. And have been for quite a while. <laughs> Sam Hill, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Jamie. I'll, I'll get I'll nail that intro one day. But um, Sam's, of course, been on the podcast before, and that was after. Oh God, was that after? That was after doing well at Tour of Tropics. If I'm yeah, Tour of Tropics last year. Yeah, d- doing great up there actually. Sam, you're in the Tweed at the moment, speaking to us from the sunny, um, idyllic weather of the Tweed at the moment, and that's where we're all heading for this massive nine stages of racing, which is essentially going to decide the NRS Tour. Um, what's the what's the local report from up there at the moment? Yeah, the weather's been great. It's turned on us a little today. We're expecting some rain this afternoon, but we've been here for four or five days now. It's just been sunny, not too windy. Although yesterday it got up to about 33 degrees and it's quite humid. So I think we'll be seeing the heat play a bit of a factor perhaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering uh, back to a particularly sunny day, I think it was 2018, where Brendan Davids um, took five and a half minutes on the rest of the peloton um, who pretty much melted in the heat. So if anyone, if anyone is an old school um, NRS follower you'd probably remember that day as well and that can that gives you an indication of what sort of um, effect the weather can have on a race yeah you were there that day weren't you Sam? No so that was actually in 2017 I didn't race that year I was just following along on Twitter and I didn't even know who the guy was but he certainly certainly everyone knew who he was after the race yeah, well, it shows how bad my memory is getting then if I'm conflating 2017 and 2018. Um, Sarah, you're, you're too young to remember those days, even. You were, you were racing back then, weren't you? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember because you came into the NRS Peloton um, quite early. Yeah, 2017. That was my first year of the NRS. So um, I did some races as an individual, like I'll be doing this week. And then I joined Holden um, Holden Women's Racing, it was called back then. I think it's now Suzuki. Step forward, something, something, very long. <laughs> but, yeah, that was an awesome year. A big learning curve, that's for sure. Yeah, you posted um, a photo with uh, Shannon Mouseed recently, um, of the two of you together in uh, Holden Kit, I, I think it was. And, oh, no, that was just nice to see and obviously reflecting on Shannon's retirement from the sport. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to race with her this much as much as I wanted. I think we only did one and a half bay crits together because then she had a crash and then COVID happened. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to being her teammate, but we got to do a bit of virtual racing together and just chat a lot, so that was good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's nice to hear that Shannon's um, going to have a on, an ongoing relationship with the Subaru Giant team um, from what I understand. Beneficial, hopefully, for the Subaru Giant people. Uh, though I don't, I don't think she's racing. But you know, maybe she'll change a bit, like Carly Taylor, for instance, who um, yeah. said said that she was going to stop racing as well. And look how that ended up turning out. So <laughs> it's one of those things in cycling is that you can't quite give it away necessarily. Yeah, I'm sure. And whether she rides or races again or not, she'll just be an awesome mentor. She's been awesome to me. That's for sure. 
before we jump into the um, race, the race details itself and have a chat about that, first of all, just coming off with both of you about how your 2020s have been. I know uh, I've been following um, Sarah's social media like everyone else in the world, I think, because you're, you're very popular on social and you, you provide some really good content. I particularly like your, your local tour um, around uh, that you set up and uh, were racing it. That was, that was quite impressive. I, and uh, it's always quite fun and engaging content. Oh, I was going crazy in London. I'm just so glad it's over. It was obviously worth it, but it was really hard sometimes. And the European racing was happening and I was just sitting there on Zwift going crazy. So I did get out for a couple rides within my five kilometer radius. But apart from making that video and chasing a few QOMs, I was lucky I had Yarra Street in my 5K. So I nabbed that crown. But apart from that, I pretty much didn't really ride outside for like three months. I just stuck on Zwift. I found it easier than going out and being confined by 5K. Well, yeah, you did very well in some of those virtual events as well. Um, you did uh, Tour of Gila and um, the virtual Tour de France. You were right up there on both of those events. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, Tour of the Gila, that was one of my big goals for this year, the real Tour of the Gila. I really wanted to go back. I went there last year and had an absolute blast. I was on a guest um, guest riding team. I guess we were all kind of guest riders. Just a random development team with Justine Barrow and a bunch of Americans. And it was so good and so hilly. So I was just so pumped to go back. And this time with my team, Team Tuco Silicon Valley Bank. But yeah, unfortunately, it was cancelled. It was one of the earlier races to be cancelled. I still remember I was in Belgium just getting absolutely smashed in these, like, you know, the flat, cobbled spring classics. And I was just like, oh, can't wait for Gila and some actual hills. And then I woke up one morning and it was like, okay, Gila's been cancelled. That was pretty sad. So it was nice to uh, get on Zwift and race up the epic KOM. Not quite as good as the Gila monster, but still pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, Sam, um, you became part of Team Aero, didn't you, during the, during the lockdown to kind of keep your virtual racing chops in? I did. Yeah, I was initially very reluctant to get on Zwift. Well, at the time, I didn't even have a kicker to get on. So I missed the first few rounds of the NRS. And by the last round, I eventually got a kicker sorted and started to enjoy it. But the NRS series had finished. So that's when I joined Team Aero and got through some proper Zwift racing. I know your brother Ben is uh, a bit of a fiend on uh, Zwift. Um, how, how much of that is um, inherited genetics or um, is it a bit different? I think it comes a bit more naturally to Ben. Like he, he understands all the skills that are involved, how to draft and when to move up and he understands the lag that's involved. Whereas I still find that I'm getting caught out a fair bit, a bit too much on Zwift. I spoke to Jay and Bree Vine about that sort of those special skills that you need to be good at Swift actually, and they they had some interesting things to say. Um, so we're getting a bit off topic now. I'm, I'm, that's a problem with talking cycling. You can always go in a bunch yeah. of different ways, but yeah, it's good to get back to real racing at least. What what's um you, I, I know Sam, you've been back at crit, uh, back at doing the crits. Um, I don't know if I've seen Sarah doing any crits, but um, what's it like? You know, getting back into racing. Um, you know, now that it's you know back back and uh, actually happening. Well, it's a bit different to Zwift, that's the goal. Uh, the, the cornering um, took a little bit of getting used to, straight back into it. But yeah, we, 
the Bridge Lane Centre squad to Sydney, we just did four crits uh, over five or six days and just sort of get used to riding together as a team, you know, get all the cobwebs out because you can train as hard as you like. But at the end of the day, you really do need some racing coming into a block of racing. So, yeah, it's really good to get all the boys together. And it appears like you, the Bridge Lane team are, you know, really taking this quite seriously and um, getting all you guys together, um, making sure that you do the COVID requirements and then go up, go up well in advance to tweet. Yeah, that's right. So we've all got a COVID test booked in on Wednesday. And from then on, we'll just be staying in a bubble. So uh, we'll get the staff to go get all, get all the groceries and no more sitting at cafes, which is kind of disappointing, but like I totally understand. So no more uh, loitering around cafes and just being really sensible when it comes to COVID protocols. Do you know how this is going to work differently for you, Sarah, as an individual? Um, I understand you're going up, you're heading up um, currently with your with your mum. Yeah, so I'm I'm with my mum right now, but I'm not allowed to stay separately as an individual because that would be creating a new COVID bubble. So the organizer. And Donna, they've helped me find somewhere to stay. I don't actually know where yet. So I'm in someone's bubble, but I have no idea who I'm staying with. So, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed they're my biggest rival. We can have some <laughs> – I can listen to their team tactics. No, <laughs> I don't know. It would just be fun. I'm just so glad to be racing. You asked um, if I'd been doing crits. Well, today is the very first day since, um, like, March or February, I think, that there will be – seniors racing in victoria so Sandown crit tonight will be the first one so i'm not doing it because i'm already starting my drive up um by the end of this drive i'll definitely have all my hours and can finally get my piece but yeah i haven't raced in well by the race it'll be 266 days not that i've been counting <laughs> be a lot of um, fun and a lot of people you know, really looking to get back to racing after being cooped up in indoors for so long and without competition. So, I think I think it's going to be some yeah some really special racing, and um, it'll be interesting to see how things uh, play out. First first topic I want to cover is it's going to be nine one day races. There's no overall GC exactly, certainly not in terms of overall time loss and accumulation. It will be uh, nine separate races. Um, all of which the point, all of which have points which go towards the NRS individual and teams classifications. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of um, how teams approach races and how teams approach um, the individual classifications and the teams classifications for the overall NRS. First of all, how do we think this is going to affect the racing on a day-to-day basis? Um, starting with uh, Sarah, how is it going to affect the women's field? Yeah, I'm not sure. Could it make people more aggressive? Each day is like a separate opportunity. And if you take a crazy move and it doesn't pay off, then who cares if you lose 30 minutes from exploding? But then again, on the other hand, um, getting in a breakaway and winning by, I don't know, however much you win by in a breakaway, winning by a minute solo, like that's a lot of effort when you could just keep it together and win the sprint if you're a sprinter. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see the team tactics, like specialised. They have Matilda Reynolds, who's just so awesome at sprinting, and then Jamie, who could get in breakaways all day long if she wanted. So, yeah, it would be 
cool to see which strategy works for this tour because there are a lot of well I mean there's a crit and some sh like shorter road races kind of but everything's a bit lumpy there's only one mountaintop finish or hilltop finish but yeah from the draft courses I've seen it looks pretty nice and yeah bumpy yeah well we'll get more into the courses in a sec um Sam um obviously you have the NRS's premier strategist in uh, Andrew Christie Johnson um, on your on your team. Uh, I don't think you're going to be giving away any um, super secrets here, Sam. I don't expect that. But um, what, what's the discussion in terms of that sort of dynamic about the you know all the series of one day races? It's going to be really interesting not having the GC because I think it's going to be raced a lot more aggressively now. Pretty much nine one day classics in a row besides the criteriums and the time trials. So I think you can expect to see a lot more aggression and especially with the course, uh, the, the park course that the courses go over, it really encourages that style of racing. We haven't gone over tactics too much, but um, we've got 10 really strong guys here. We can sub out three um, and rest them up for the next stage. So I think just always look to be on the front foot, but yeah, we'll go over more specifics closer to the start of the race. Okay, well, we'll jump into the stages now, and uh, it starts off with a time trial. I must say the technical guide isn't isn't finalised yet, and uh, the one that I'm looking at quite currently actually has it as a 10-day tour, so we'll have to bear that in mind. Um, first of all, it starts off with a time trial alongside Pottsville Beach. I've got it down as a 14.8-kilometre time trial, essentially flat. Um, there might be some small false flats in there, but it's going to be essentially a flat day. Sam, how much have you looked around at the courses that there are um, proposing at the moment? We've done most of the courses. I think we're just missing one course at the moment, which we might be reconnaissing tomorrow. But yeah, we did the time trial on the first day and it's basically just flat, straight. The roads are really dead though. So I read somewhere it's like it's uphill on the way out and it feels like it's uphill on the way back as well because the roads are so dead. But, yeah, it'll be pretty, should be reasonably non-eventful. Yeah, I've, I've driven along that area and I think um, it can be fairly exposed to the coast, um, those little areas, but I don't know that specific stretch of road. What um, is that going to be a concern, do you think? Uh, actually, no, that specific road is quite enclosed. So there's trees on both sides. The day we rode it, there was barely a breath of wind at all. We had one of our guys, CJ, riding the front sort of tempo, like not 100%, and we still had us up at a pretty high speed. So I think the average speeds will be super high despite the road surface. And uh, Sarah, as a resident TT champ, um, what's, what's the feeling going in there? I guess you're liking the sound of less wind. <laughs> ah, no, I don't know. The harder the better but I'm just excited I'll get to wear my green and gold stripes after all I haven't worn them this year and I was starting to think that I wouldn't wear them before nationals rolled around again so that's exciting. That sort of length of TT I mean that's kind of and it's a flat course it probably still pays into TT specialists do you think or um, could we be looking for some more powerful um, people to maybe get up in the results as well? I think it's still quite lengthy for a time show. Although, yeah, it's a different kind of terrain to Nationals, I guess. Nationals was nice and hilly. So I'll see how I go. It's a bit flat, but 
I'll give it my best shot and just hope all that is lifting. Like every race I did, no matter what, it just starts out hard, the middle's hard and the end's whatever you have left. So <laughs> I've been practising time trialling all year. Yeah, I suppose you're set for that sort of effort, certainly. So it'll be, it'll be good to good to see you in full flight, and I'll be looking forward to that. Um, second stage is a criterion in kind of in like South Mwilimbar, um, and it's a race that they've done in the past. Um, it's basically like a little figure of eight course around an industrial estate they've got there, um, kind of just a bit outside of Mwilimbar. Uh, they did a crit there last year. Um, it kind of looks a bit dodgy on paper, that course, but it's it's essentially fine. Um, you just got to be a bit careful when you're sprinting through the last few corners, and um, I don't think there were any major crashes in the last year. Um, Sam, I know you did this course last year, I believe. Um, it's fairly straightforward, isn't it? It is straightforward, despite having oh, eight corners to lap. Um, they're quite flowy and they're really wide. It's a hot mix surface, so... I think we can expect um, just a bunch sprint around the crit track. A few guys will try and get up the road, but uh, I think we'll come together back for a kick at the end. Yeah, that's essentially what we saw last year um, in both the men's and the women's, actually. Um, Sarah, um, are we going to look at the, I suppose it's going to be our first look at the real sprinters um, from the women's um, side of things. Um, how do we think that the likes of, I don't know, Matilda Reynolds, uh, Georgie Whitehouse, um, I think Nicola McDonald, she can sprint. Yeah, there's plenty of other fast, fast women on, on the start list. Yeah, I was thinking Peter Mallins. I'm sure she would have been dying to get over to America this year to do some crits there. So if this is the best she's got, I'm sure she'll give it an awesome crack. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everyone goes. It's just so hard to know who's in good form because there's been so little racing. Although I will admit that I've been kind of stalking whatever race results I could find. The other states were lucky enough to have some racing. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to, like, try and compare everyone before the racing starts just because it's been so long since we've all raced together. Yeah, it makes a lot <laughs> – makes it difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing, especially new riders, um, you see a few of these new names coming into, into teams and – there's always somebody that pops up with a surprise result and I'd love to see, you know, some new names, some younger riders, maybe maybe like a Haley Fuller or somebody mm-hmm. like that um, looking to create a big name for herself after doing well at Nationals um, in the junior ranks earlier this year. Moving on now to stage three, or maybe you should call them days because they're not really stages as it turns out, and that is the uh, road race out at Taug- Taugum. Tyalgum, I've always messed up that messed up that one. For the men, that will be one hundred and thirty-one point four kilometers. Doesn't say a specific different distance for the women there, so I might have to go back and check that one. That would be a very long, be a very long day in the saddle um, for the women. That would be right up there with one of the classics over in the world tour. But one hundred thirty-one point four kilometers for the men, certainly, and it's around that sort of kind kind of tricky course around that goes into Tyalgum there and. Um, I think we saw last year it was between Ryan Kavanagh and Aidan Tooby for the men going in there. Sam, what can you tell us about that course? If I remember correctly, we did the recall of that course yesterday and the road surface is is super bumpy. Uh, It's really lumpy too, so it's also really twisty. So if a group gets up the road, it's going to be hard to keep tracks of who's up the road and who's where. We have team radios 
this year in the NRS. So that's going to help. I think it'll be a reasonably uh, split up field on stage three. Yeah. Um, what were your memories of it last year? Um, because it was, oh wait, no, sorry. I'm remembering 2018 again. My my brain is shot from doing this, from following this NRS nonsense too long. Uh, it was definitely 2018. Yeah, it was 2018 that Ryan Cavanaugh and Aiden Tooley yeah. went up the road. Um, and I think it was a different course last year where it was not quite the same as what we're going to expect this time around. There's two little climbs towards the end of each um, loop. Are we going to see much action on those, do you think? Uh, yeah, so those two climbs, there's definitely going to be some attacks. But we've got two quick guys with Jensen and Nick Wyatt. So Jensen's the A plan. If we can keep him onto the bunch, if he can get over those climbs, which he might be able to, he'll, uh, he'll be our man. Otherwise, Whitey. But... um. We haven't, we haven't discussed fully the tactics yet, but we do have faith in our sprinters, so we, we can afford to race a bit more defensively. And uh, Sarah, um, are those sort of climbs the, the sort of thing that you'd be looking to use as a launching pad in this situation, do you think? Um, I don't know the course as well enough to know exactly what these climbs are like, but I'm always up for an attack and a hard race, so hopefully the other teams, well... I'm not really a team, but hopefully the other riders have that kind of idea because if, say, Roxel also wants a hard race, that could work in my favour. So, yeah, I'm just hoping everyone's up for an aggressive tour, but I'm sure they will be. Everyone's just so keen to race. And if not, then I'll have to put it, my uh, QM hunting legs to good use and do it myself. <laughs> yeah, do, do, you, do you worry at all that um, other teams might look around and say, oh, uh, we've got a national road champion and a national time trial champion and they're the same person? Uh, I'm not worried at all. I'm just so excited to be racing. I don't even care if I get dropped every day. I'm just putting a number on just feel fantastic, I'm sure. Um, in regards to tactics, I think that could happen to me if a breakaway got away. I, yeah, I don't want to let that happen, like at nationals. Everyone was kind of looking. That was annoying because it was just after the time trial. So as long as I don't get caught out on the back foot, I guess, I'll just have to, yeah, I don't know. Attack is the best form of defense. Is that the same? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, well, there's no Mitchell and Scott to really make things difficult um, at this race you in terms of getting riders up the road so hopefully hopefully things work out a bit differently we're on to on to the next stage now and it is okay this is the um, loop that they do around uh, north um, Tum, Tumbolgum and um, then it finishes out at the climb at uh, Tommywin which is spelled T-O-M-E-W-I-N uh, but I've been reliably told it's Tommy Wynn. Um, Sam, can you confirm this? Um, given that you are now the equal record holder, equal, equal Strava record holder, or is it? Um, did you actually lose like a split second to Sam Jenner there on that on that Strava climb? Uh, Strava only rounds to the nearest second, so we're exactly on the same time. Uh, okay. And from what I've heard, it's pronounced Tommy Wynn, like more of an E-N towards the end. Okay, so, so nothing to do with this, with the actual spelling of the word. It's um, now it's entirely different. Tommy, Tomawin, Tomawin. Okay. Oh, Tom, yeah, Tomawin. We'll just roll with that. Anyway, it's about 5Ks at 6.6% average. And uh, Sam, given that, that you're the newly minted Strava record holder on it, um, you can take us through it. Well, it's certainly the first half of the climb is harder than the second. 
I on that morning I sort of was planning on going about ninety percent up there, but apparently the boys had planned that it was a KOM attempt. So Ben Van Dam just drilled it uh, up the first deep part, and he pulled, and then um, and then yeah, it sort of consistently not too bad towards the start, but then about halfway through the climb, it really does ramp up. And not only that, it's also pretty exposed. So it sort of goes from a reasonably wide road to like really, really wide. And that's where Sam Jenner lit it up. And um, yeah, it was, it was super hard from there on. And then pretty much the last maybe two kilometers flattens out. So I sort of knew what the KOM pace was. And I didn't, didn't think would get there, but uh, because it did flatten out towards the end, we're able to get it. Yeah, you've taken one of Troy Herfoster's records. Um, I'm not sure exactly how pleased he'll be about that. He'll probably be out there uh, trying to get it back um, sometime soon. So um, in terms of difficulty, I mean, it's a, it's a proper hard climb. Though. Yeah, it is. It's one of the harder climbs I've probably come across in the NRS. It's not quite a Mount Poltina at uh, Tour of Tassie. It's a bit shorter, probably, probably a similar gradient. Uh, but the last... If it's together with a kilometre to go, it should be a sprint. If you're looking to go solo, I think you'll have to go on the steeper part with maybe two or three k's to go. Otherwise, the gradient's just not quite steep enough to get away with the k to go or so. Well, that must be um, happy news to your ears, Sarah, you know, given uh, your results on Poetina. Yeah, I was just thinking that, Poetina. If it's anything like that, then I'm happy. Um, yeah, thanks for the tactics, Sam. <laughs> No worries. Yeah, so I mean, it gets to those sort of um, high. I, I was look. I was going through the climb on Strava, and it seems to be kind of um, that hard section you speak of seems to be going between seven percent and anywhere up to like twelve percent um, for that that section of the climb. There, so that's really quite quite tricky, um, and should cause some pretty big gaps. You think? Yeah, it's a shame that it's not a time tour, but yeah, it sounds like stage that I'm already looking forward to. Stage four, is that right? Yep, stage four finishes up near the Queensland border there. Um, so hopefully that all works out and we're, <laughs> we're allowed to uh, mess around near the border and not cause too many problems. That should be the, the Queen stage or the um, certainly the... It's weird to say Queen stage in a race that isn't timed, but um, in terms of like the best spectacle, hopefully that should be, that should be really good to, to watch there. One more thing that's worth adding with that stage is it is an extremely hard loop before you even get to Tomlin. So uh, there's two climbs that are like, I would say over 20% and quite long before you even get to the climb. And you do loops of that, I think, three times before you get to Tomlin. So I'm not sure the k pace will even be set on the fourth because there's going to be some tired legs getting there. Okay, well, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, yeah, definitely one for the climbers then that stage. Day five, and it's another road race, and it's around the Stoker's Loop. And we've had we've had some variations on this Stoker's Loop in past um, tours, but I don't think we've ever had exactly this loop. Um, but it should be interesting to see. There's some really quite sharp climbs on a 32.5-kilometre uh, loop that they have around... Um, that kind of area south of Mwilimbar um, there. There's a lot of like cane fields, I think, and stuff around there. But um, maybe, uh, Sam, you can talk a bit to that. Um, it's going to be a total of 146.4 kilometres. So uh, getting up there in terms of distance. Um, Sam, what can you tell us about this one? Yeah, I think this will be a real race of attrition. The climbs, once again, are really steep. 
and the roads are really dead. So uh, don't, it's not too technical, but I just think it'll be that stage will be all about just eating enough, drinking enough, and with the humidity, hopefully not cramping out Ben Hill style. Well, or Sam Hill style. I remember you going up uh, the climb at Oceania's in Canberra and yelling at, you know, some massive cramp you had. You, you can't get away with that one, Sam. Oh, I thought I saw that one under the rug. Yeah, you, Jamie. You screamed so loudly I could hear it all the way back in the convoy. I love <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's all good. Um, yeah, so that should be a sort of in-between stage. Is that what we're thinking there? I mean, might go to the attackers, might come back for a sprint. Yeah, it's so hard to say, especially not having even seen a start list. Um, I, I know probably half the peloton that's racing, and there's a lot of fit guys coming here. So it really depends on what the other tactics of the teams are and you know how how the results are looking up until then. But um, it could be anything. It's a full open book. Yeah. Um, who, who do you... That, that brings up something, Sarah. Um, who do you think is going to take responsibility in the peloton for um, chasing on these sort of stages? Do you think it will be one team will look to say, look, we're in charge of this race, or is it going to be very much about where the numbers are and who's got and who's got riders up um, in what positions on the road? Yeah, well, these stages sound very attritional, so we might not have that many riders to choose from when it comes to, you know, dictating responsibility. But in the past... Um, specialized have always worked super well together as a team. I've always been really impressed. They're always they have one strategy and like they will do whatever it takes like to help that team win. So yeah, they're often drilling it on the front, whether that's um, for the good or bad or of everyone else. I'm not sure. Hopefully, um, they're not using it to chase me down. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The sixth day of racing is, it's it's similar to that Stoker's Leap, so it's got like a lesser loop of Stokers in there. They kind of cut it off a bit early, well, quite a lot early, and it's a flatter part of the loop from what I've seen of the profile. Um, but then they head out to uh, the finish at Mooball, uh, Mooball, anyway, and um, then there's this sort of punchy climb about 7Ks um, from what is a flat finish. Um, Sam, this looks like the flattest of the... Flattest of the stages, perhaps. Um, what was the recon of it? It's yeah, it's reasonably flat, but from what I understand, there's a a three kilometer climb just before the finish. Mm. Yeah, and then it, you just it, it, I think it's some. It's about seven k's from the finish. Yeah, so I don't. It's hard to see this one being a sprint because that climb is quite significant. Uh, we rode it pretty hard yesterday and it's still about six seven minutes long and then from then on it's a technical fast descent all the way to the finish once you hit the bottom of the descent there's about 500 meters to the finish lines okay so we're looking like late, late attackers um to take that one from this from the sound of things should be that should be a great stage to watch then um from from everyone from, from everything i'm hearing 100 percent. it's a like a julian alaphilippe kind of stage Sure, we just need uh, who's the who's the local Julian Alaphilippe? That's probably that's probably like oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of some names, but um, yeah, it, it should be good. Ben Ben Hill, there we go. That's close enough. He, Benny, he, he loves a loves a good Julian Alaphilippe style attack. Yeah, sure. I'm sure he'd love you saying that. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think he's often been compared to Julian, but uh, uh, we're running a bit short on time here, so we will have to kind of um, go through the next ones quickly. Um, but day seven, I mean, that just looks like a really brutal climbing loop there. There's just um, multiple really, really um, punchy sort of uh, climbs in that one with very sharp gradients. And for the entire course, it comes to, is that the, yeah, so that's the 100 and, that's the 162 kilometre race. That, oh God, surely that can't be right. That, that, because I saw that course and that was incredibly hard. I think it's true. Okay, well, okay, that's going to be one of the toughest races that I've ever seen on the NRS then. Surely, Sam, I can't be, that can't be right, surely. I, I think it is right at the moment, 162 kilometres, very, very lucky, should be fun. Yeah, okay, um, yes, Sarah, um, we're running out of time, as, as we said, uh, so we'll see what we can, we can do. Um, but we, it's essentially that one, then there's the team's time trial, which is mostly flat. Team's time trial is all about preparation. Whoever's the best drilled team with some big motors, they'll do well there. Sarah, I understand you're doing the team's time trial. Um, can you explain yeah, that, yeah. that madness? Well, I want to do another individual time trial and just see how I go against the teams, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how that will go, but yeah, it should be interesting. Just another chance to wear the green and gold, I guess. I'll make it two instead of one for the year. Yeah, well, I think a few of the teams are going to be a bit nervous about that. Uh, and then we finish <laughs> out with a Kamas around, which is another pretty hard course as well. I saw that one. It's not it's not easy, certainly, but um, hopefully hopefully you'll be at least one chance, well, at least another chance for the sprinters um, and hopefully to close out the race. So it'll be interesting to see how things go there. We, we had to cancel recording there very quickly due to Zoom requirements. You know, these are the pitfalls of recording um, on a Zoom free plan. But <laughs> thanks to the guys, to thanks to Sam and Sarah for coming back. And we'll just quickly wrap up um, our main thoughts of the of the NRS tour. First of all, from the men's perspective, Sam, obviously Bridgelane are going to want to continue their streak of NRS results, um, NRS teams titles. Um, I think you'll be going for your 11th in a row this time around, which is, of course, a bit ridiculous, but that's <laughs> that's what Team Bridgelane are in some ways. Um, can you speak to that? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure on the team uh, to keep the streak going. I think it might be our 10th, although that's what Andrew said. Uh, so the 10 is a nice number to strive for. So the team will definitely be all in for this series. Um, from the men's men's side of things, I mean, who are you, who are you looking at as being dangerous? Um, I, see, I see Cam Scott is um, on the on the roster for Ace, ARA Sunshine Coast. He'd be he'd be a big rider that you're looking at, and you know Jay Vine, those sort of riders as well, who are going to be quite difficult. Yep, uh, Cam Scott. He's lethally quick in the sprints, and Jay Vine. Always climbs super well. He just set a set the KOM time up a big climb in Canberra, so you can confirm that his form's quite good, and he'll be one to watch in the hilly stages. Uh, but all of ARA, um, they have some really strong riders. Inform are coming up from Melbourne, and I also heard there's a Malaysian team coming, so we'll definitely have our work cut out for us. And yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to be pretty switched on for the full nine days. Yeah, there's a um, Memil um, Pro Cycling coming from Malaysia, um, though I think it's almost entirely um, comprised of Australian riders. So um, we think, yeah. So I think Elliot Schultz and um, Sam Volkers. I think they're the main names from that team 
um, who are you know, both very good riders. So hopefully they do well as well. Um, Sarah, on to the women now. I imagine you're more looking forward to seeing um, the, the big names alongside you than um, worrying about them in, in terms of competition and uh, catching up with your old Rock Salt teammates as well. Yeah, it will be exciting to see everyone again. I don't think I've seen many people in a few months. I had a nice week of bunties back in July. We had one, one good week. So I still have some people there, but yeah, no interstate friends for a while. Um, for me, I think if I had to pick a trifecta, I'm going to put my money on uh, one from each team. Nicole Frayne from Sydney Uni Stelnade, Jamie Gunning from Specialized Women's Racing, and oh no, no, now I've dug myself a hole. I can't choose. Bree and Justine are too good to <laughs> choose between. So I'll go for the duo from Rock Soldier Attacker. Um, well, yeah, Brie Wilson, she holds the, um, the, the QOM up, um, the Strava QOM up, uh, Tommy Wynn. So, yeah, so she's clearly got some ability around those sort of climbs. And if it's as climby as, um, as suggested by Sam in his race reports or in his course reports, then definitely one for Brie to look to do well in and hopefully Sarah as well. Um, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Sam, thanks for joining us as well. And best of luck for all the racing out there and, uh, yeah, hopefully see you, well, I don't know, on top of some virtual podiums and on top of, you know, socially distanced ones or anyway, we, we want to see you, we want to see you guys doing well and uh, best of luck for all the racing up there. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Okay, that should wrap us up from this podcast of the Australian Cycling Insider podcast. Keep in touch with all the social media around the racing. I'll be going up in terms of um, I'm going to be producing stuff for SBS Cycling Central and doing some work for CA as well because they're not going to have a dedicated media person on the ground. So generally, if it's written and it's about the race, it's probably going to be something to do with me and I'll try and jump on and do some Australian Cycling Insider stuff for for the site. So basically, it's going to be very busy. Keep keep an eye out across um, all the social medias. Sarah, we can plug some some of your social media feeds because they're certainly worth following. Oh, are you looking for them? Flip screen, Sarah, and then Twitter is just my name, although I'm probably more active on Instagram. And uh, Sam, um, you're getting more active, I, f- I feel, on, on social media these days than perhaps you were once once upon a time. Is it still Sammy Boy? No, I had to get rid of Sammy Boy. I was feeling a bit old for that, so now it's Sam Hill 95. Okay. Well, you can find them on there and make sure you follow um, Australian Cycling Insider. You can find it by searching that in the various social media sites, though it's often some variation on that. Thanks for sticking around and listening to us. Thank you for the writers for providing their time and for being such joyful company. And we shall see you soon. Okay. Bye.